about, I guess, between 12 and 15, around 15 when I knew what it was I wanted to do. Uh, I was pretty much told <laughs> by teachers. And my mom, she told me from age of about nine what I was going to do. I had a paper route when I was a teenager. And, I, you know, I was doing, I was acting, I was in plays and stuff. And I remember one Sunday I, I went to collect and I gave my little receipts to people and I wrote my name on the receipt and gave it to this lady. And she, and she said, oh, you're Morgan Freeman. Yes, she said, my daughter talks about you all the time. Now, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends, <laughs> but I had a lot of friends who were girls. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, that's not bad. So I was a pretty good fish in a very small barrel, mind you. What was the first play you were ever in? A Little Boy in Blue. Yeah? <laughs> you were Little Boy Blue? I was Little Boy Blue. <laughs> Did you have any lines? Of course, I had all the lines. Yeah? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you remember them? No. <laughs> I was eight years old. It wasn't that long ago, was it? I'm 75 now. You're ageless. Okay, I'm ageless. Do you believe that? Yes. I mean, when you read parts, when you see new scripts today, mm -hmm. I mean, do you feel like, I can do that, I could play that? I mean, is there any... Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, within reason. There, there is an unreasonable part of it, we can say, if, if someone is uh, in their 30s or 40s, um, you, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. You know. But I think from about 55 on, I could manage. People love to watch you. What is it? What, what, what's the secret? Who, what's Morgan Freeman bring to the screen? That is not something I can tell you. You don't know what it is? I don't know what that is. I mean, but, why, why do people want to watch you? What, what do you bring? Their question, yeah. but it's just but, you. It's what it's you. It's what you do, whatever that is. What was it? What was the breakout role for you? What was the thing street that smart. made you street smart? Yeah. Yes, and that's when everybody knew who Morgan Freeman was. No, that's when everybody said, "Who the heck is he?" <laughs> yeah. Back in Mississippi, they knew the name. They knew the name in Mississippi. They knew the name in New York. They didn't know it in, in Hollywood. Ah, so that's when. Well, what what do you like better? Do you like Hollywood or do you like New York? No, I, I well, it's not a matter of uh, either either city. I like making movies better than I like being on stage. Why? I always wanted to be in the movies. All of my acting um, uh, ambition was to be a movie actor. From their earliest days? From their very earliest days. There was excitement in it. Uh, you could be anything. You could do anything. Uh, I loved Westerns and um, probably was a kid cowboy most of my childhood. I didn't unstrap my cap guns until 15. Later, I joined the Air Force. This whole business of being a, a jet pilot, fighter pilot, had everything to do with the romance of movies. But I got to go on to a flight line at uh, North Island Naval Air Station and sit in a trainer, jet trainer. I, I guess I sat there for 10 minutes and realized no cameras, you're just sitting in the nose of a bomb. 
this isn't what you want. So I walked away from that. And uh, I guess it wasn't more than a month and a half, two months later, that I was in Hollywood. It was very, very hard. I didn't do well there at all. And uh, a year and a half later, I went to New York and couldn't find backstage. Uh, stayed there five months and went to San Francisco and wound up in a um, amateur musical rep company. Uh, and did that for about a year. Then uh, went to work for the post office to go back east again, to get enough money to uh, go back east. I was going to go to Paris because I'd started studying dance. And I only got as far as New York. Um, a friend of mine introduced me to a, another dance instructor there, and I stayed. I was trying to audition as a dancer. I never was really good as a dancer. And uh, so I began to think, oh, gosh, this isn't going to happen. You know? But by 1966, I got a job as a dancer in a touring company, a Broadway show. But I had an understudy part and got to go on one night as an actor. And it was this huge epiphany. You've been wasting your time trying to be a dancer. This is what you do. And as Providence would have it, uh, the tour ended in uh, January of 1967. By October of 1967, I was off Broadway in my first New York play, and my career got started. Prior to that, I'd had many moments when I thought, okay, this isn't going to happen. But from 1967 to 1980, I worked pretty steady, and then I had another one of those moments when you think, well, that's it, my 15 minutes are up. Because uh, I did a movie, um, we, uh, we wrapped in December of 1980, and I didn't go to work again until late 1982. So in the interim, you think, well, that's so much for that. You know? So go find a job. <laughs> How important was Driving Miss Daisy to you, that movie? Very important. Tell me why. Well, I did it as a play. And uh, it was so well received, but it was so well written. It's such a great story, and one not told. When the producers, uh, Dick Zanuck and um, David Brown and the director, um, Bruce Beresford, all came to the theater, and they came backstage afterwards. And I remember saying, well, do I get the part? And Bruce Beresford said, well, you're a little young. Ah, <laughs> but you got the part. Well, they couldn't get anybody else. Oh, I don't believe that. Truth. I don't believe that. Truth. You, you won that part. You are that part. You're that, that part. That, yeah, well, that was the ultimate decision. Well, you know, to but me, see, they, 
Hollywood didn't have a habit of taking stage actors to the movies. If uh, you if you if you made I don't care how much of a smash you did on stage, if they were going to buy that and make a movie out of it, they would get someone known for movies. They would not bring uh, stage actors the money. out. And no, not so much about the money. It's about it's more about I discovered that uh, stage actors are different from movie actors, or movie acting, not actors, but acting. Stage acting is very broad, very large. Movies is very small, very contained. And if you come off stage doing something and you go to the movies and do it, you're going to blow it. You're going to screw it up. What uh, was in that part that is Morgan Freeman? Uh, a lot of that character uh, was recognizable to me because I grew up in the South, so I knew those old men. And my father, for a while, uh, worked as a chauffeur for a family in Nashville. We lived in Nashville. So I had a sense of, a close sense, a real sense of who that character was. You had the body language for the character. Well, that's I mean, why I knew all those old men. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, it, it showed. But that's not the only part that you have captured, the real essence of the character that you've played. How do you do it? I'm a um, very accomplished mimic. Ah. I watch people all the time. And if I see something out of the ordinary, something someone does, a walk or tick or anything. I remember it. And Victor's will probably stay with me because it's my third collaboration with Clint Eastwood and it was so much fun to do. Um, Mandela was great fun. Great fun. I thought uh, I would have a lot of trouble doing it because I don't do accents very well. So I was very concerned about being able to do him. But it turned out that when I started talking, it's sort of like channeling, you know, it worked. Do you move everything lock, stock, and barrel out to Hollywood when you're making a movie, or do you just go wherever the movie's no, being made? No, just go wherever the movie's being made. I, I, I travel like... New York is home? No, no, I live in Mississippi. You live in Mississippi now. Yes, yes. When I came back up the boat, I went to Mississippi, not to New York. I had left New York. I wasn't going back to New York to live. And why did you make that decision? I got tired of concrete. I got tired of living in a cave. I lived in the Upper West Side, and that was a neighborhood. It was a very middle-class neighborhood. You know, you had your butcher, your baker, your candlestick maker. They were all there. Your Chinese laundry, your Puerto Rican shoe repair shop. Well, all there, and gradually just watched it all fall apart. Um, this, these old people who were in these rent-controlled apartments, and it was a big push because the landlords were losing money, that's honest, but in order to change that, they had to get those people out of those rent-controlled apartments, and they had no place to go. And they wound up on the streets. That's who those homeless people were. They, didn't, they weren't people who migrated to New York from some place. They were New Yorkers who were displaced. 
I couldn't take that much longer. So you went home. Yeah. And how is home? Beautiful. It's home. Uh, it's where I have most of my best childhood memories. Um, it's where I grew up. Um, it's a southern state with a bad reputation for racial relations and all that, but I had a great childhood. I had a really terrific education. So I don't have bad memories about the place. My bad memories are recent. <laughs> what's, what's on the agenda next for you? Well, my bucket list uh, has me doing uh, more historical movies uh, and uh, getting um, an Academy Award for Best Picture. I bet you'll do that. Of course I will. I intend to work until I can't get out of bed. Great. Thank you. You really are an amazing person, and I really can't tell you how much I appreciate this.